your host, Gillian McMichael, and welcome back for another episode of the Full Circle Podcast, where we're continuing to unearth the topic of discovery, this season's feature topic. Today, we travel into a transversal world and take our journey to new heights to discuss a topic that I'm personally fascinated by, and I know some of you will be too. Ayahuasca and the benefits of other plant medicines. I first learned about ayahuasca through a conversation that I had with a friend who was telling me about their journey of what it was like when they experienced it. And then within the next week, I had a friend tell me that they were really keen to explore this type of plant-based medicine and healing experience. So my guest today on the show is Sarah There, a transpersonal psychologist, yoga and meditation teacher, breathwork facilitator and energy practitioner. As a plant ritual facilitator and a retreat facilitator at Behold Retreats, Sarah helps individuals heal their trauma, alleviate their consciousness and experience peak performance and well-being. She also specialises in helping participants discover their life's purpose through intensive vision quests and personal development exercises, all to integrate the healing process. She's here to talk to us about her own experiences with ayahuasca and the odyssey one can expect from this psychedelic. I'm excited to have this conversation with Sarah and learn how she helps individuals discover their whole self through plant-based medicine. Welcome, Sarah, to our conversation. How are you today? Good. Thank you, Gillian. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really looking forward to talking to you because I've been doing, looked at your website and lots of loads of interesting things that I think our listeners are going to be really interested in as well. So today, as I've shared with you, we're talking around discovery and it feels like you've been on a bit of a, a journey of discovery to get where you are today. So I wondered if you could just tell our listeners just a little bit more about you and a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So right now I work with uh, Behold Retreats and here I facilitate psychedelic retreats. So that involves psilocybin, which is the mushrooms, ayahuasca, which comes from the Amazon and bufo, which comes from a toad. And we use these retreats in a healing way. Uh, So there's a lot of coaching and therapy that goes before and after the work. And we host these retreats uh, in places that they are legal to host. Um, so I work to help our guests actually prepare and integrate, um, making sure they're having a nice journey with us. And then I work on retreats themselves with alongside our healers. Amazing. So what, what was your background before you moved into plant-based medicine? <laughs> totally different I was in the corp I was in the corporate world I was Uh working for a bank (laughs) yeah so yeah I spent you know tip I'm from Toronto Canada and it's very much a capitalist city a finance city so the mentality there is sort of you have to work at a a bank or a big corporation this is where you're going to have uh, a good life a good salary it's stable secure so i went into life sort of with this pressure i would say and so in university i was studying things along those lines and um but part of me was 
never really that was never really true to me. So I would always do other things on the side. I started my yoga journey when I was 14. So I started meditating quite young. And I was always sort of into that spiritual side of the world. And eventually, I would start working at a bank. And then I would take a year off to backpack for a year and then come back to my my safe job and then I would leave again. So something kept calling me and uh, on my travels, I started studying yoga, became a yoga teacher and breath work and different types of healing modalities. So that was always sort of my calling. I just never really thought that I could do that for a living by any means. And after traveling and meeting different people and getting sort of a new perspective, new perspectives on what you, you could do with life. Um, it started to unfold naturally. And the reason I actually got with, into psychedelics was, uh, well, of course, I had my own beautiful experiences. Um, but the therapeutic potential, I really saw with my ex-boyfriend, because he was really um, anxious, depressed, uh, some childhood traumas, you know, very many years of this. And when I met him, he was not in a good place. You know, he was on all sorts of pharmaceutical drugs. He was having multiple panic attacks. It was, it, it was scary. And um, I would think uh, three years into that relationship is when he first had an encounter with psychedelics. And there was just this paradigm shift, like right in front of my eyes. It was like he finally got out of this tunnel vision and he saw himself and his place in the world in this completely different way. And it was only for this, this, you know, this time, um, this few hours, but what happened afterwards is he integrated that perspective. So when he was having anxiety or a panic attack, he'd go back to that moment and remember what that perspective was and integrate it and write about it and meditate on it. And so he did do work. But it was through this and then multiple other experiences over the next course of the year um, that I think was really the catalyst for his healing. And three years after that, I can say that he is, it's like night and day. He's shining. He's happy. He's not on any medications. He's living a life with more purpose and joy. And he, it, it's honestly, to see the, the difference, it was so inspiring to me that I just knew that there's something here. And um, one synchronicity at another, out after another brought me to the Netherlands and working with Behold Retreat. Amazing. So really interesting. So from personal experience, but also then supporting your ex-partner through that journey yourselves. So how did you decide, I suppose, tell me a little bit more than around, obviously your own experience kind of sparked that, it, I suppose, interest in psychedelics. But tell me more around how did that then develop into plant-based medicine, as it's also known, isn't it? Yeah. So I guess after seeing what happened with my ex, I really started researching a little bit more and how there were studies with John Hopkins and Harvard and on um, the therapeutic use of psilocybin for treating anxiety, depression, and addiction. So once I started to see that this was becoming a big thing, and along with MDMA-assisted therapy as well, um, that's when I started realizing there were actually retreat centers in the Netherlands that were using legally psilocybin and doing these healing retreats. And that's sort of where the journey began. And I started researching that, and I saw that it was used different 
than recreationally. So recreationally, I've used mushrooms. I've been into the forest with my friends, uh, had beautiful time. But in this therapeutic sense, it's actually a high dose with a guide. Um, there's an energetic work happening. Uh, it's a very sacred container. And so I thought, okay, well, I want to experience this myself. So I had a, a mushroom journey. And I think that was the final, yes, you're going to do this. This is what you were meant to do. Because it was, I think, probably the most significant spiritual moments of my life. Um, it was... It's still hard to explain, to be honest, but it it really connected me with not only what I feel like I am in my inner nature, but the universe and this sort of higher power and this like undeniable love that is so beyond just the love, how we use it on a daily basis. It's the core of all being and to feel that embodied within you and to feel this oneness and this divine energy it is wow life-changing for sure life-changing and the, the information I did receive was just confirming these deep inner truths and wisdoms that I knew and very you know even instructional directional and showing me compassion opening my heart up to people in my life my parents um, especially my parents, actually, I had a very good moment with that. So it was very, very significant moment that gave me sort of this um, courage to quit my job, to just move, because I just was like, this is it. This is like life changing stuff. And all fear is eradicated at that point. So I literally quit my job. I made a plan to move to the Netherlands. I started researching retreat centers and I got put into this uh, Slack group uh, with people in the community and I made one post. I got connected with Jonathan, our founder and CEO of Be Old Retreats. And one thing after another, and here I am. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So uh, synchronicity at best by the sounds of things, but also that <laughs> opportunity to to kind of really tune in and to connect with yourself at that much deeper level, much more spiritual level, as you've described, and that sense of that knowing and unlocking that. And it's interesting that you just mentioned there that your kind of fears just kind of dissolved. Um, yeah. And that gave you that courage. Can you remember how it felt at that time when you decided, right, mm. this is it, I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to follow the path that has been laid out before me? Oh, yeah, it felt so right. So energetic. So, you know, it, it's when you follow your intuition and then the universe or whatever, whatever you believe in confirms that you're on the right path. It is such a good feeling. You're like, yes, I knew I should trust myself. And it feels so good. And it's easy. Things are easy when you're on the right path. I think it's, you know, when you're resisting it's it's you're probably not doing what you should be doing so it feels so good to listen to that inner voice because it's funny now looking back throughout my 20s I had so many signs there were so many signs pushing me here I just didn't pick up on them maybe I wasn't so in tune I wasn't listening and now looking back I, I laugh because um yeah, it's just super funny. And there's this quote by, um, I think it's Bri Brianna uh, Weist. Uh, she's the author of um, um, 
sorry, what's that book called now? Um, goodness, I'm gonna have to look it up. But she says this. Uh, she says this word. It's um, this quote. It's uh, the universe whispers until it screams. So mm-hmm. I really felt mm-hmm. that, and it was just yeah. like this giant uh, relief. Ah, it's 101 essays that will change the way you think. That's the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah. just repeat that quote again, because I think it's quite fundamental to what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the universe whispers until it screams. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. I totally agree with that. I can definitely <laughs> uh, vouch for that. That's happened to me, and it's obviously happened to you, which is um, amazing. <laughs> so it screamed at you, you paid attention, and you moved yourself to Amsterdam mm-hmm. from Canada. Amazing. So you mentioned the three different things that you support on the retreats with, which as you said, mushrooms is one. And tell me about the other two. Yeah, well, ayahuasca uh, works in a few ways that uh, I think are quite significant. One is it works through the body more so than the other two. So it's actually going in and clearing the body of energies, toxins, things like this. That's why there's something called la purga, which is the purge. So you will have some puking, sometimes not actual puke, but energetic puke. It's um, so if there's trauma stored in the body is energy, it can come up and be released, uh, which is a beautiful thing. And on the neurological level, it's doing the same thing as the other two psychedelics as well, which is it's promoting neurogenesis and neuroplasticity, which is the regeneration of new neurons and then also the new pathways let's say um so all these psychedelics what they do is they shut down something called the default mode network which is known as sort of the ego in the brain and it's responsible for our self-referential thinking um past future thinking and a lot of people who have uh anxious thoughts or um depression or just the monkey brain you know doesn't want to stop that looping cycle that's the default mode network so these psychedelics they shut that off And then they give the brain to start communicating in new ways, uh, different paths, different ideas. And that's why a lot of new perspectives come. And and then what's beautiful is these perspectives after and these new neural pathways can be strengthened through integration work. So you can really create huge shifts this way. Um, Ayahuasca tends to, uh, again, every experience is super different. So um, it's good to have no expectations because everyone's healing looks different. Um, but ayahuasca has a tendency to take people um, to traumas, to past traumas, and um, so you can heal them. So whether that is just bringing them up so they can be seen, whether it's seeing them from a new perspective, releasing the energy of the trauma, uh, these things are all happening. And it's also on a neurological level, um, healing the trauma, because a lot of the times Um, It is stored in our brains, but in a subconscious way. The conscious mind has no access to the traumas. So ayahuasca really helps to, um, yeah, allow the body and the mind to heal. So it's Mm. it's quite beautiful. Sounds amazing. But (laughs) I was going to say, sounds amazing, but slightly scary maybe as well, because I'm assuming (laughs) people just don't know what to expect and what might happen in those moments. Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's very much a serious thing. You know, it's not just to go and have some crazy visions and have a good time. You know, this is for growth and healing and, and you might need to be ready. You should be ready before you go into something like this. Preparation is super important. Um, you know, it's not a good idea to just be in the Amazon jungle and you meet a shaman and you're like, okay, we're gonna go with him. You know, it, it's deep soul work. And that's what I love people to know is 
that it is. It's going deep into your psyche. It's going to the psyche of your ancestors even. It's it's a lot of connection with something, this ancestral trauma that comes through from generations. This stuff is all present. So it's not to say that, you know, um, you shouldn't do it if, if you don't know about all these things. It's just, yeah, going in with um, the right support, the right mindset and, um, and some stability uh, mm. is, is important. So tell me around then, you know, obviously you get clients prepared and ready for, mm-hmm. to go onto a, a retreat like this where they're going to deal with some issues or past issues, should I say. So how do you get somebody ready and what type of things might clients be coming with? Was it is it a mixed bag or is it totally mixed? So I would say there's probably some like three major categories. One are people who are struggling uh, with something. So whether that's anxiety, depression, addiction, PTSD, something like of this sort, um, that is one subset. Then we have another who are doing fine. You know, they're on the surface doing really great, actually, sometimes. And maybe there's just something that they'd like to go deeper and maybe they want to improve a relationship. Maybe they want to improve the their self-love and respect or maybe they feel a blockage somewhere in their life and they would like to be better or they want to find more purpose and meaning and uh, connect deeper spiritually. And then there's a com- combination of both. Um so really it's all sorts of all sorts of people all looking for to elevate something in their consciousness to to become better to love better to um feel more peace and joy and love yeah no that kind of makes perfect sense so in terms of then you getting them ready yes. how do you help them take that you know kind of from having an initial consultation to then saying yeah i definitely want to do this so we have a, quite an extensive intake process, which I think is very important. That's something else I would love people to know is that if you're going to do this medicine, it's really important that whoever you're working with is medically screening you first for physical um, and psychological uh, history for yourself and your family, because that's where any danger with this comes in. If you're properly screened, you're it's, it's quite safe. So um, I would say that that is the number one. And then we also have an intake process where we have a nice long conversation with someone. We get to know their motivations really well. We get to know how they're supported at home, what they're, what kind of life they'll be going back to, things like this. So we can make sure that they're in like a right, the right place to do this. And um, so we have this call. We also have a call with a doctor, a psychologist, if needed, if there's something specific that needs to be addressed to make sure that they're supported in another way. If there is something that is, you know, uh, some past traumas, for example, that are known, then we would love for that person to work with a therapist alongside or a coach alongside this process we'd like all of our guests to work with a coach or therapist because because you can get so much more out of the work um so this is something we really emphasize um two weeks before to a month actually we start to um change the diet so with ayahuasca the diet's quite uh, quite intense <laughs> um <laughs> with, with the other two psilocybin and bufo it's not so strict but there are certain things that you know uh, like especially recreational drugs, alcohol, pork, 
uh, things like this, we really, uh, we request that you do not have any of this for your experience. Um, some things can be dangerous. So again, like medications, you want to know what, what's are counterindicated. So you don't want to, you know, run any risks there. Um, and then food is, is definitely to cleanse the body, to connect deeper with the medicine, and then also if, to prevent any physical discomforts. So there's this whole physical diet sort of uh, part of it. And then there's the mental and emotional, and if you're spiritual, spiritual prep. And you don't have to be spiritual to do this work either. Um, just it's common that the two go together because it's such a mystic experience. But that being said, the mental and emotional work is where we really want to support our clients. So, um, you know, working on basic like meditations, journaling, breath work, getting into this daily practice, becoming aware of the thoughts. Um, we have a, a online self-coaching program uh, specialized around the retreat. So we'll have three weeks before, three weeks after. And uh, if they don't want to work one-on-one -on -one with a coach, they could just do that or they can do both. And we really get into thought patterns, becoming aware of, you know, what's happening in the mind, how to s switch that around, um, affirmations and meditations, and then emotions. And emotions is super, something I see very common, especially with men, because a lot of them have not been allowed to, in society, mm -hmm. let's say, express their emotions. So. Yeah. Psychedelics are notorious for letting those emotions out. <laughs> a lot more prep work there than required uh, just to support that, I suppose, I would have thought. Exactly. So getting into emotional processing, um, accepting emotions, recognizing emotions. Um, this is some of the work we really help to prepare as well. And setting intention. So it feels really thorough. It feels like it's really thorough to make sure. And you mentioned before that people need to be willing and ready to go into this experience. So I asked our listeners if they had a question. One of the questions that they raised was, what are some of the dangers? If there are any dangers, what are they? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm, I'm glad you asked it. So like I had mentioned before, if you're not being medically screened properly, uh, or if you're lying about your medical history, your psychological background, medications you're on, this is dangerous because there are certain medications, like for example, SSRI medications, that if in combination with um, a psychedelic could cause, for example, serotonin syndrome and even death. So these things are very, very number one important. Um, Outside of that, it is quite safe. So if you are working with a, a professional team and they are screening you and you're honest, there shouldn't be any risks. Outside of that, I guess the danger could be that you're not supported and you, for example, revisit some trauma or you have a, a thought or an image or some symbol come into your head and you interpret it one way. And then you decide to make a big life choice in that next week or two. So that technically, and it wouldn't say danger, but it could put your your life, you know, your 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 goals, what you've worked for, your relationships at risk if you are not supported after, and you you know that, especially those in the next two weeks, not to make any big life decisions because you're processing things like things are just unfolding and 
you know, for me and my first ayahuasca ceremony, it took me about a month to fully come and integrate that experience. And um, so that's why, again, we're there after to be like, hey, how are you? Let's talk. Let's do some integration tips and tools. And um, we always ask our guests to take some time off work when they come home after, set some boundaries if they have a stressful or negative home environment. Yeah, these are important things afterwards as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that because that is going to be it's going to be very life transforming. And I suppose, like you said, you want some time to integrate it and give yourself just a bit of space. Also, I would imagine to settle back into into normal reality. Life, I suppose, after <laughs> yeah. such, after you've had such an experience like that. Yeah, reality is exactly the right word. So when people do come wanting these treatments, this healing work, you know, do you find there's a common kind of part in that you know kind of age in their life when they're looking for maybe more meaning or searching for more answers yeah that's a good question i think there is a subset of people who maybe are in the next phase of life so maybe they've had their family and their job and they've made it to a certain point but now they're like what's next or a relationship or they've had a major life change like a divorce or they want to change their job for example these big transitional phases tend to be um, common and we are seeing people who are maybe at the beginning of their journeys a little bit more as well um, who are perhaps anxious or struggling with something um, that they can't seem to get over and they don't want to turn to the regular uh, Western pharmaceutical model. So yeah, we see we see that a lot. Yeah, because there is more and more, just, just as you just mentioned that there, there is more and more I mean, people looking for beyond the Western traditional approach to, to medicine. I mean, I do, I'm an Ayurvedic perfect health practitioner and although we don't work with psychedelics, it is all a lot around, you know, like you said, preparation for cleansing the body, detoxing, looking at different approaches to how you might want to be living your life beyond whatever the experience is. And I think more and more people are looking at that more holistic approach to wellness and that sense of, I suppose, maybe reconnecting with wholeness. I don't know from your experience, but certainly that's what I've been noticing of late. Yeah, absolutely. And I think within this preparatory phase, when people start to take this holistic approach to their health, they're already having shifts and and breakthroughs, even the weeks and months leading up to the retreat, because they are now looking at the whole picture. So I really do believe that, yeah. Yeah, lovely. So do people come as a one-off or do you find that you get repeat guests coming back to experience things more and more again? Yeah, well, I think that there are people who come back for sure. I think it depends. So some people need a lot more time to integrate than others, which is totally fine. You know, it took me probably a year before I was ready to sit with ayahuasca again, just because there's so much material and work to do that comes out of these things. So, you know, going to a psychedelic experience isn't like a magic pill. You know, you go in, you see, and you have these amazing, challenging, beautiful experiences. And then you basically have a list of, okay, now I got to go and do all these things and make these changes, right? So 
which is which is great. And but that's what I think I, a misconception sometimes is that people can just go and then they're healed. It doesn't work that way. It's yes, of course, it opens the healing and it speeds it up. It shows you the path, but then you have to walk it. So, um, yeah. So people do come back once they've integrated and maybe they want to try a different medicine. So maybe they want to work with Bufo or maybe they've integrated so much this one part of their life and they have a lot more healing to do. So now they want to focus their intention on a completely different issue and then they tackle it like that. That makes perfect sense because I think I think that's really interesting and I'm glad you mentioned that it's not a quick fix because you know going through any healing journey or any transformational change you know it takes time but it also takes a, a sense of sustainability as well so it's not as though you're just going to go back and you're going to be immediately fixed the magic wand's done its trick kind of thing because I think you have to then make a commitment don't you to walk that path and not to kind of yeah just expect that it's going to be a miracle and that's it it's all done and dusted the work's been done because I find that a lot of the work has to get done after you've opened up and released exactly that's exactly it it's like okay so i went in with this issue and now i've been opened releasing all these things i see where it is but now i have to like actually change my behaviors my thoughts my the way i i've been doing things because if i continue the way i was before it that problem is still going to be there so it's shedding lights and it's opening and making it easier to heal but you still have to you still have to commit to your healing so i know that you've been through this process as you've described and thank you for for sharing that information i wondered if you could share some of the insights that you had through your own healing journey that might resonate with our listeners yeah absolutely absolutely so i guess there's a few different things one is i had mentioned previously that i really opened up this like compassion for my parents actually and for their lives and for all they've done for me and I had so many different perspectives on um, their upbringing and everything they went through and this really opened up the sort of block because I love them like like to death but when I was back in Canada especially when I was living with them um, I was probably projecting a lot of my own things and getting irritated and not being able to fully express my love to them. And this really opened that up for me and for other people as well. So I think that's been super beautiful for me. Um, and then also, again, I mentioned this fear, this, this fear, which is still there. Obviously, you know, it's hard to erase <laughs> so many years of programming to be, yeah, of course. And also it's in our nature, but to be able to connect back to the moments and the insights that I've had where there's nothing to fear and to connect with love instead uh, is super powerful. Um, and then on top of that, that was my first experience, I would say. With ayahuasca, I went into some really deep things. Um, so for me, actually, I so I'm a very we could say I have like a pretty cheerful disposition. I'm quite positive, um, and life has been relatively easy for me, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, so I guess I've always, in the last ten years, really made everything seem better than it was 
to my own fault because I'm so positive. So it didn't let me acknowledge the pain and the hurt and the, the hard times that did warrant sadness and grief and pain. And so instead, I wasn't even aware I was doing this, but I was completely repressing those emotions. Uh, ayahuasca really brought those up for me. <laughs> so to face those deep fear, doubt, shame, guilt, anger, all of it, to really feel it and let it go from my body, A, has just been like extremely relieving and, and, and just like a huge weight been lifted off me, um, which I think has been driving some of my behaviors and my unconscious thinking patterns and limiting beliefs, absolutely. So that's been a huge release. And then also teaching me now to when the emotion comes up, to just accept it and allow it to be. So that's a powerful learning for me. And specifically, I had um, two very interesting things come through with ayahuasca. One was ancestral traumas, um, which I didn't even understand. Like, I didn't even know this was a thing. Um, so that's been interesting to work with therapists who specifically work with this. But you know, allowing the pain and suffering from my ancestors from who were quite poor in the south of Italy, uh, going through war and things like this, and then coming to Canada. Um, it's like you experience these emotions in your body that you know are not yours, but you know that they're in there and they want to be released so that you can start breaking cycles. And that was super hard to understand at first. Uh, I still don't know if I fully understand it, but I've worked with it through um, different types of integration work with, um, I did a lot of um, uh, family constellations and things like this. And then I also revisited a trauma I had. So when I was uh, 18, I was uh, raped and I just didn't, I don't know, I was, I, I just made it seem okay. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep living my life. I'm not going to tell anyone because it's going to hurt my parents. I'm just going to move on because I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm not going to let this person take away my happiness. So that's how I framed it. And throughout the years, I had only told my two boyfriends. And whenever I would tell them, it wasn't even my healing. It was more like me consoling them because they were so angry. They were so upset that I had to calm them down. So I never healed this at all. I didn't even know it was still like in me. And then I during ayahuasca, I, I was faced with this and I, I had to like hold my 18 year old self. I held her and I cried so hard and I felt the pain that I should have felt at that time. You know, I, I really felt it. And that was, you know, the, the, the shaman, she came over because I was, I was really crying so hard. And she put her hand on me and her hand became my mother's hand. And then all of a sudden, all the generation of women before me were there holding me. And it was so beautiful, so painful. That makes me still a little bit emotional. But no, it's making um, me emotional as you're talking about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was so beautiful. And at the time, mm -hmm. actually, I was angry. And I was like, what is this? I don't want to deal with this. This is I don't want any of this. I was expecting, which is something you shouldn't do with this medicine, is I was expecting something else. I was expecting anything but that. And I didn't understand how that was going to help me heal. I was just angry. I was like, why would I have to relive that and feel that again? So I was quite vulnerable. For a little bit after that I was just so emotional but it made me softer and it made me 
heal really i i i and and now when i feel these this pain and i i can just sit with it and i can let it come out of me and i i worked with therapists after to to see how to integrate it and and it is it's it's made an impact for sure on my life wow i mean what an insight and thank i mean genuinely thank you for sharing that because that is a very personal story and and i can relate to a lot of what you said um obviously I had something similar. I didn't get fully raped, but certainly assaulted, sexually assaulted. And and I think like you, I did the same. I was 21 and I, I just pushed it down and I just carried on. And and so I think that sense of really dealing with it is, is one very, very hard. And actually you think you've dealt with it, but you most probably haven't by the sounds. And, and I can absolutely, I'm sure there are thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of people out there who have experienced something similar and are feeling the same and definitely can can relate to what you've shared with us. What I think I'm hearing as well, though, is that, yes, you do that work in those moments when you are in that position and and, and experiencing that, but actually this integration work that has to be done outside of that space that you've been in, because that sense of how do you then move forward, I would imagine, although you have been healed through that process, there is still that piece that you, there still could be questions, I'm assuming, that you might want to have explored or have answered and things like that. And I suppose that's when that integrative work, whether that's a therapist or somatic work or, like you said, family constellations, or it could just be other therapy, that might be really beneficial to support if that's still there. Is that right? I think so, for sure. Because, you know, yes, you can release all these things and bring them up, but there's still a a cycle of emotions that you you can have to go through or find out what it means for you now and to to reframe it. And, you know, like different emotions come up first, it was grief and shame, but then it moved on to anger. And so there's different things to let go of and accept and through different modalities. Like I think somatic work is really beautiful with, with, with this type of thing. And even just like artwork and rituals and connecting with nature, it, it's all super, it can all be super beautiful, help you put this experience into the body where it belongs and, and yeah. Absolutely. So you've obviously learned a lot. One about just the approach that this plant-based medicine approach can have and help you heal, help other people heal. But on a personal level, what else have you learned from doing this work and now supporting others through this process? I think that's a good question. I've also learned how, well, I think the biggest learning is how strong the mind is, uh, still. (laughs) Uh, And how learning to surrender to a psychedelic experience uh, learning to have these no expectations and just allowing the experience is also learning how to surrender to life. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I see it happen to a lot of people, um, you know, people who want to control and who have such strong minds, you know, it's very common. And by surrendering and learning how to surrender and quiet into the experience, to the mind through meditation, Um, you really start to flow with life easier as well. And that becomes, yeah, it's a really beautiful thing that I've seen, Um, especially, yeah, with all of the the medicines, for sure. There's this aspect of surrender um, that uh, is is integral to the process. Thank you. So you also, I've just kind of, as well as doing this work, you also help clients go through this kind of intensive vision quest and I just thought I just I wanted I didn't want to forget that question because it really intrigued me when I was 
you know, reading about you and, and, and understanding more about the work that you do. So can you share a little bit more about what you do on these intensive vision quests with your clients and how do you help them on that <laughs> yeah, journey? Sure, sure. So our retreats are usually six nights. And depending on if you've chosen to do a group retreat, which is small group, we only work with small groups, which I also think is quite important actually, because so much energy and healing work is being done. If you're in a group of 30 plus people, you're, it's, you're not gonna get that one-on-one -on -one attention. There's gonna be a lot of transference of energy between other people. So we always work with very small groups, four people, eight people, and then we do a lot of private work as well, which is, yeah, you, the healer and the facilitator, um, or you and someone else that you bring along, for example. And so the week typically uh, entails of a nice orientation, intention setting, opening up a ceremony space. Um, and then we start with the medicine work the next day. So with psilocybin and ayahuasca, the ceremonies are generally in evening and nighttime. Whereas Bufo is more of a morning type of uh, medicine, which is only like 20 minutes. So it's much shorter. Ceremonies are maybe an hour between like preparing and sitting into it. Um, and then we have three of these throughout the course of the week. Um, so we space them out with days in between. So the days following a ceremony will have integration work. And this can look like meditation, um, yoga, breath work, um, nature walks, uh, sharing circles, things like this. And then there's uh, food, so a lot of vegan, vegetarian type of style foods, a lot of time for rest and alone time if needed, which is also important through this, through this time. Um, and yeah, and during the actual journey itself, you are with ayahuasca and psilocybin, you have a blindfold on your, you, well, you would choose to keep it on or off, but most people choose to keep it on. There's music that helps you go deeper into your journey. The music actually, the frequencies really trigger things in the medicine to work in the body. So it's very important. Um, and then the blindfolds have you go inward. So it's not so much of an external experience where you're going and you're talking. Um, sometimes we do like micro doses for psilocybin so people can feel the medicine and see what it's like and feel different insights in, in this setting as well. Bufo is a little bit different. There's no blindfolds needed with Bufo because it's so powerful. So mm -hmm. you you have you have <laughs> it and you're, in it. you're gone, you're gone, you're out, yeah. <laughs> you're in it. And uh, yeah, you have the, um, shaman or healer or guide um, uh, who works with you energetically. So the best types of healers really are the ones who can keep the space in the room at a very high energetic frequency, protect the space for you, clear the energies and help you release energies. So if you're letting go of negative energy, they can actually help through their own body. So this is what they do. And then there's usually someone there one to two people maybe more depending on the group to hold the space as well um yeah so that's sort of how the whole week would look like and then that perspective then would help people then through that integration work then think about their purpose and where they're heading and that the path that they want to or, sh or are choosing to walk down 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. And if things come up during retreat and they want to share with the, the guide or the mm -hmm. facilitators, you know, to have some coaching on retreat, that's totally part of it. And they're encouraged to journal a lot. This is really helpful or to do something creative to help integrate as well. Um, and then afterwards, we follow up to ask some questions about what, what came up for them and how they're feeling. And then if they are working with a coach or a therapist, with us anyway, they would have their three weeks of sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Lovely. So it really feels like a very holistic journey, right? From the, the moment somebody has an initial conversation and consultation all the way through to, to the end. So I have to be honest, it does feel like a very safe container that you provide as you take people through that so yeah it really feels amazing well wow what a conversation um, <laughs> it's been, that's been like so interesting and I really want to just honor you for your sharing your journey with us as well because I think it's worth acknowledging because it's not an easy subject to talk about but obviously I'm very grateful that you have because it just gives that insight to our listeners as well as about the the journey that you went on so thank you for that so just one last question for you or well, there's two questions is um first one is what advice, if somebody's maybe on the cusp of this, I know somebody actually, I don't know whether he'll be listening to this, but I'm going to definitely tell him all about all about this. But I know someone who is, has said he was turned 40 and he said, oh, I'd really quite like to do this, but he's a bit kind of sitting on the fence. So somebody's interested, but not 100% sure. What advice would you give them? I would say to start to do a lot of research on who you might want to work with and start talking to them call them see what kind of questions they're asking you see if you're connecting with them find out if they are creating the safe container for you because that will provide a lot of clarity for yourself if this is something you want to do um a lot of people do just you know google they have five star reviews so we're gonna go to peru and we're just gonna do it and you know you might have a good experience but you might also not unfortunately there are some bad things out there and so i really recommend for people to just start doing a lot of research and just talk to people and then start doing the inner work um because as you start to do the inner work things will become more clear and then eventually a call everyone i speak with who especially with ayahuasca feels the calling they're like i cannot deny this any longer ayahuasca is calling me so yeah, just uh, so really doing your research. To that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pay attention to the calling. Do your research, and yeah, start doing the inner work first. Yeah, fantastic. And so, if people wanted to find out more about you and the work that you do at Behold, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find us at um, Behold-Retreats.com, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all the good good stuff <laughs> well listen thank you so much for your time it's been great chatting to you and really really interesting uh, work that you do so thanks so much for for coming on and talking to me today it was a pleasure thank you so much for having me <laughs> What a conversation. I found that really fascinating and I knew I would, but what really took me aback was the deep soul work. And obviously that makes sense because to self-heal from the inside out, we have to do that inner work. 
but I was surprised by the different modalities and the different techniques that plant-based healing and medicine can help you with. Sarah shared so profoundly her own experience and learning that came out of her ayahuasca experience. And I suppose when it came to my own healing and my own trauma, I didn't use plant-based medicine to help me do that. You know, I looked at those integrative therapies and additional support that I needed to help me through my own trauma. But what is interesting, and I suppose what I found most surprising from our chat, was I suppose it confirmed something that I already knew, which was that if we're carrying around trauma, if we're not dealing with it, we just push it down, there will always be an opportunity to let it go and to release it from our bodies. Somatically, through plant-based healing, through deeper soul work, and through that integrative approach to healing. And I think that for me is the key lesson of all of this, that don't be afraid. Stop carrying around all that trauma, all that negativity, and allow yourself and give yourself permission to surrender to your healing process. I really enjoyed the conversation with Sarah and I hope you did too. 